Well, well it's very simple. Um, you were all given the, um, a, a pamphlet or uh, all the information that we are going to be using uh, this, uh, for this weekend. So um, I get, do you wanna go first, Tana, or do you want me to? Um, it doesn't matter, whichever you wanna do. Okay, I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and go first this time. And then with the second tradition, you get to go first. We'll do it that way. I believe in being fair. So the first thing I wanna do is um, in your handy dandy little worksheet that was handed out and stuff, this is how it came about. Um, there I was minding my own business when, um, when I was out running one day and this stuff just came to me. And so I just came and wrote it down. And I, and I saw how the 12 steps and 12 traditions um, really were so intricately paired. Um, in that introduction thing that they sent out, I, this is what I truly believe that, um, I, I wanna find out what it says. I believe that, well, yes. One of my favorite sayings is the 12 steps prevent uh, suicide, the 12 traditions prevent homicide, and the 12, uh, the 12 concepts pre prevent genocide. But the thing of it is you have to realize the traditions really aren't for the groups. The, the traditions help me become a better member so that an uh, individual, so that I can live these traditions and be a, 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 an active participatory member in this, um, in this wonderful program. So step one, of course, is we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. And one of the things I wanted to let you know, and I forgot to tell you is, um, my weight, my top weight was 232 pounds, which I mentioned before. But the, the last time that I weighed and it was at the doctor's office, it was um, 157 pounds. And um, so that's a 75 pound weight release that I have. I don't like to say that I've lost the weight because, I, because if something is lost, it can always be found and I don't wanna find it again. And I don't want that to find me. And so it says, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. And the spiritual principle from our own 12 and 12 says that it's honesty. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. The spiritual principle is unity. Now, how are these two tied together? Look at that question. How has dishonesty caused unmanageability and disunity in your personal relationships at home, work, OA, social situations due to your compulsive overeating and unhealthy food behaviors? In what ways have you changed since realizing the unmanageable and, and dishonest aspect in your life? How has that realization caused more unity in your work, personal relationships, and in OA? So you see, one of the things, it all, both of these really go back to one word, control. I want to control the food and control everybody around me so that everything will go the way I want life to go. Number two with unity is if these bozos would just do what I know is right, it's going to work. 
And you know what? I'm the bozo because I'm in there trying to be the big puppet master getting all this stuff doing. So unity and here's where it really is. We know that we are, uh, that, that we're powerless over food, but I think where the, the unity part really ties in with that very first part, that, that second part of the first step, which is, and our lives had become unmanageable. When my life is unmanageable, I don't care how I act, what I do, and I can make people around me just absolutely positively miserable. And that's not what I really want to do in my life. Um, the other part about this is, I heard years ago, do you want relief or do you want recovery? And relief is pretty easy. Most of us come here, we, you know, we go to the meetings and we go, oh, well, you know, things are going pretty well. These people aren't so bad. They actually listen to what I have to say. I'm not causing too many problems at work. I'm actually getting along with people at work. And for, for me, with unity, what I learn is I get to be a part. I get to be a part of something, not apart from something. You know, I get to be a part, two words, a, and then the word part. However, when I'm in my disease and I'm causing disunity, I cause myself to be apart from everybody else. And that's, that's the wonderful thing about this. With um, honesty and unity, I get to be a complete whole individual and it just helps me with this stuff. Tana, I'm gonna go ahead and turn this uh, over to you. Um, and you, you still have, you, you'll have like, we've got about uh, 16 minutes left, but this way you and I can go back and forth. Um, and so I'll let you go ahead and do your thing um, and talk about your, the stuff that you present, that you have written. Thanks, Mike. <clears throat> so in, when we, when, as we do this workshop, you're going to see that Mike and I have different, well, we have different approaches to the, the traditions. And Mike lays the step on the tradition and he, he views it from kind of that perspective and which I think is amazing. I don't know how he does it. And what I did was I went through the OA 12 and 12 and I did this for the first time, probably, oh, it's been over 20 years ago now. It's probably been about 22 years ago. I went through and I looked at all the traditions in the back of the book. And I just wanna say the traditions are in the second half of the OA 12 and 12 for a reason. They aren't there to make the book twice as thick so they can charge twice as much. <laughs> so I went through all the traditions and I apply, I looked at all those questions and I applied each question to my, instead of, you know, in these OA rooms, it was like, how do I apply this tradition or this question to my marriage, to my friendships, in my faith community, at work, you know, all that. And so I looked at all those areas. And so what I did was I, I came up with kind of a way that I walked through the traditions and it's a very kind of engineer way of looking kind of chunking through things and what I think is wonderful about how Mike and I do this is we we have very different approaches to looking at the traditions but you know some are going to resonate with one some are going to resonate with the other and we're going to keep each other entertained anyway so and Mike is my faux husband in case you didn't know um, 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, and you know, the good news is he's not to pay child support for my kids because <laughs> he's a faux husband. Anyway, so the purpose of the way I do the traditions is twofold. One is to show you how I use the traditions in all my affairs. And the second is to give you ideas where to look in the OA literature. And um, so tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. The spiritual principle is unity. Unity is defined you know, in Webster's as a condition of harmony or oneness. That's one of the definitions. Okay, folks, we are not the Stepford Wives. Unity does not mean uniformity. You know, so some of the questions I looked at is, you know, how well do I live by the first tradition in all my affairs? Now, before we go any further, I want to say these traditions are the manuals for healthy relationships. This is what I was looking for all my life. And in learning how to use these traditions in all my affairs, this is kind of like my this is part of my toolbox to, to get along with others and to be happy and to have meaningful relationships in my life. And so this was one of the reasons why I think the traditions are so important. Also, people are thinking, what the hell do the traditions have to do with being sober with the food and relationships? Who cares? It's because relationships and problems with relationships are the things that make me really hungry. When I'm having trouble with people, what do I want to do? I want to eat. All of a sudden, all the answers are in the refrigerator. So I need to do uh, my toolbox to be able to, um, you know, prove my toolbox to be able to handle life on life's terms and have good relationships. So when we, you know, I'm taking these questions and these are in the, in the handout that you guys have. And, I, and I'm just taking them and I'm applying these to the, you know, the for using the first, first tradition in all my affairs. And I'll just go through some of these. You know, are my family, friends, or group at work divided into cliques? Are we indifferent to others in the workplace, in the, in the, or in the family, or in any social setting? And so, um, you know, so you, work could be a pretty clicky place. And one of the things I look at is, you know, in my neighborhood, you know, sure I have people that I'm, I'm closer with than others. And even in program, there's more people that, there's some people that we just naturally click, and some people that, you know, we don't have as much in common, but we still have that bond of OA. And, you know, at work, you know, there's always, you know, there's a lot of clicks. And one of the things I try to do is always include people around, you know, in, in working the first tradition at work, it's, um, you know, I, I, I reach out to others and that's just part of who I am and how I live this tradition at work. You know, the second question, do I seek to pull together as a couple or am I divisive? Do I discourage gossip? And do I refrain from taking others' inventory? Although they may need it, God knows. But <laughs> so, you know, one of the ways that I practice, um, you know, the principle of unity, this tradition in my marriage is, do I seek commonality or do I try to pick at things just try to try to argue and just have my way? Um, you know, when I'm out with a group of folks, do I discourage gossip? You know, I my mom was a great mentor for this. She never gossiped. You know, she just kept her mouth shut and would just listen. And, you know, and, but let's all face it. We all love a little gossip. You know, do you hear what the latest is? So part of working that tradition is not going out and spreading rumors or spreading, you know, the latest scoop to get to, to you know, to look like I have the inside scoop because that's not going to, that's not going to promote unity at all. Um, am I kind of to those question four? Um, you know, am I kind to those in my family at work or my relationship, especially 
with people whose personalities I dislike? You know, do I talk about the love of my higher power or family or group while acting hostile to someone else? And do I bid love others whose approaches to issue different than mine? You know, these are things that I look at. And really when you go through these, these questions in the back of the, the back of the 12 and 12, it's like a kick-ass fourth step, really. It's really digging in and looking at how am I working this program in all of my affairs? And every time I do this, every time I give a workshop, it's like, ah, crap, man, I got more stuff to work on. That's kicking my butt again, you know, gossip or whatever. So you know, being kind to those at work, for example. And I do, I work way too many hours. And so I use that as an example a lot. I work in a very diverse, multicultural environment. Um, I am a, you know, female in a male-dominated field. I work with people all over the world. There is a lot of diversity. And it's really easy to, to have an us versus them, you know, this group versus that group. And, and I, what I try to do is I seek to have unity with all these groups to reach out to other departments and work with them. Um, you know, another one is, do give, I give my full attention to whomever is talking or do I carry on one-sided conversations so others don't really know what I'm talking about? It's like I'm with my neighbor. Um, am I listening to hear or am I listening to respond? And this is something I have, this is something I have to work on in, in OA meetings, especially OA Zoom meetings. Um, you know, am I texting people outside the meeting and, you know, giving smarky, snarky comments or am I really paying attention? Um, you know, when I'm, when I'm talking with my husband, am I paying attention or am I just trying to think of what I'm going to say next just to argue my point? <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that is um, a challenge is that God put this, this coworker of my, uh, mine, Eric, in my life 25 years ago. And Mike has heard all about Eric and I bitched about him for years. My sponsors heard all about him. Everybody in programs heard about him, you know, and you know, we, we probably have some similarities, although I don't want to admit it, but we're kind of like oil and water. And he just irritates the crap out of me. And we get in these, I don't care what it is. You know, we are, if he, I say black, he says white, you know, we're just different. And, you know, and we like to debate because we both like to be right. We both want to be top dog, but he wants to be top dog worse. I just can't let him do it. <laughs> you know? Little unity issues here, you know, so it's one of those things I got to work on. Damn it. And so sometimes when I'm getting in a debate with him, I can use these four magic words. You may be right, and then drop it. That's just a little tip I've learned as far as unity. Now I might be thinking, and you may be full of crap too, but I don't need to say that. All I can say is you may be right, and then drop the issue and go on to the next topic. Um, you know, finally, um, a couple other things real quick is uh, do, I, uh, do I encourage people in my family, my work environment, my social environment, other people in program to share their feeling, feelings honestly, even though maybe they may be going through rough times or do I have the attitude, suck it up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just deal with it, which was the good German way of dealing with things in my family. It's like, you just suck it up and you just deal with it and don't talk about it. And, but you know, what I've had to learn in program is how to listen and allow people to grieve or to be uncomfortable or, or to share their frustrations and not try to fix it, you know, oh my God, you know, you know, because I'm a codependent, I think I can fix anyone because I'm an engineer, I know I can, you know, this is really dangerous when it comes to people with issues, I wanna fix it, but you know, that's not good. You know, listening without judgment, listening and just hearing them and giving them a space. 
finally, I want to say there's there's one topic that was really hot at the last retreat we, we led uh, with regards to unity. Do I discuss we can do better to embrace diversity and unity at work uh, with family and friends? Diversity is a big thing right now. And, you know, one of the things is that has been brought up before is, well, you're talking about diversity and you've got a woman and you've got a guy. And it's like, well, yeah, we've got, you know, a gay man, we've got a woman in a in a uh, non-traditional field, um, you know, a geek, <laughs> nerd alert, you know, I mean, so there is diversity here. I'm, I'm the person I'm married to is a person of color, Native American, you know, but it's, I, you know, when it comes to diversity, I can never be a person of color because I'm three shades louder than fish belly white. But even though I'm not, I can listen and I can try to understand and be an ally. And that's about all I, I, I wanna say about diversity. So some thoughts in which to meditate. And these are pages from the OA 12 and 12. If you know, if you, and this is all in your handout, you know, if you want to read about relationships, look at page 92. Respect, it talks about respect in, in relationships. Again, page 92. Resolving differences, page 93. Uniform, you know, you know, unity does not mean uniformity, page 95. The first tradition of unity reminds us of an important truth. We are not alone. We are connected to our fellow human beings. Our emotional and spiritual health depends on the health of our relationships. The disease of compulsive overeating, which once isolated us, has now led us to OA. Here we are learning to connect with other people in ways that will nurture them and nurture us as we recover together. And this is page, from page 97 of the OA 12 and 12 second edition. And I just wanna say these questions, this is not OA approved literature. I pulled this out of OA literature and out of my mind and back pocket or whatever. But these are just some thoughts that I have on, on tradition one. Mike, how much, I don't know what, how, how we're doing time-wise. We've got a couple of minutes left. And one of the things that also about, about um, one of the things that I wanted to throw in, when you think about the unity aspect of this, as Tana was talking about this, remember what you can always do when, uh, that I have done when, when um, things are getting really hinky and I just want to be in control and cause just all kinds of disunity, I'll go, well, I, am admi I admit that, that this particular situation, um, I'm powerless over this situation and that it's making my life unmanageable. And what am I trying to do to make it manageable? And the thing, when she was, I have a, a, a work, fellow work member that drives me crazy. And I have to remember too, and the thing with unity that's most important for me is these two are individuals who are created by the power that's greater than me. And they have a right to be in this world and to have their own opinions. I saw a t-shirt not long ago that I dearly loved. It says, you're not wrong. I'm just explaining why I'm uh, why." why my position is the correct one. And I just love that because I, I go, that's just the way that I kind of am at times. But you know what? When, I, when I'm living in step one, admitting my powerlessness, admitting my, uh, unmat uh, my uh, um, I can't control the food and I, I wanna be a member of society that's unifying, then that's what, that's what God has given me to do, to be one of those people that I, I wanna become the person that I see other people are. 
And I see that in OA. And so Tana, well, I think we'll go ahead and do, we've got 38 seconds left. So let's just go ahead and get, start right into tradition two. Okay, so tradition two, but before I start on tradition tool, one of the things we have in our OA 12 and 12 is in the back, we have all these words in here with page numbers. So if you wanna learn more about Unity, go to under you, Unity. They have all these different ideas. And so what, you know, whatever your issue is, you know, it could be relationships, you know, look up the word in the back of the 12 and 12. And the same as with our little um, daily readers, like for today, I believe that, I believe we now have an index in for today, or you can always do a search if you've got, if you've got for today on, on your, uh, on your iPhone or your Android phone or whatever. And you can look up, you can use the, you can use our books to, to kind of problem solve issues you're having right now. So I just wanted to bring that up. I had a sponsor tell me that after I've been in program for about 12 years and I'm like, dang, so that's where you have that stuff in the back of the book. It's not just add more pages. Tradition two. Did you want me to start, Mike? Yes, please. Okay, for a group con for a, uh, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are trust are but trusted servants. They do not govern. So the spiritual principle is trust. Tradition two is our guiding principle, where we get our direction. So if I look up trust in the dictionary, it's, it can be, uh, it's defined different ways, but assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or of someone or something, like maybe our higher power, uh, confidence or faith, or to rely on the truthfulness or accuracy to place confidence in. So those are some, that's kind of what trust means. Another way to put it is, there is a God and it's not me. As applied to relationships, for our family, work, or relationship purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our informed family, work, or group conscience. Each member is God's trusted servants and no one governs. So, you know, how well do I live by the second tradition in all my affairs? So one of the questions is, is do I, in my group or my work environment or my family, encourage everyone to take an active part in meetings or like either work meetings or family meetings or it's in decision-making in the OA group? You know, it's you know, in the family, one of the things that I do differently now than when I was growing up is when I was growing up, it's like dad's word was God's word. And if dad didn't want to make additions and he'd pass it on to mom. Family meetings, no, we, we had a benevolent dictatorship. And, you know, in, in my family, although we do still have a benevolent dictatorship, we pull the family. Like, for example, if we go on vacation, you know, I'm, you know, my husband likes to, to sit in a hotel room with the curtains drawn, reading a book, and that's what he calls relaxing. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. There's a beach and there's sun. I want to be out there. I want to be, you know, hiking. I want to be zip lighting. I want to be snorkeling. I want to be active every single moment of the day. The kids want to spend their entire day on their freaking cell phones. Ah, makes me crazy. You fly someplace for vacation and they want to sit on their phones. So we, we have this family meeting. This is how I use this tradition in my family. We, we have a group conscience. We pick mom has one day on the weekend to do crazy wild stuff. My husband has a day he can read in the, in the, in the room. We don't have to sit there with him. Thank God or else there'd be dead bodies and that would not be good. Um, you know, my kids get baked to pick up a fun day. So we all participate in the, in the 
vacation and we all have a day where we get to have our say on what we get to do. So it's very different than when I was growing up. You know, before voting on or making decisions, do I take to find out as much as I can about the matter and discuss it fully? This is question two. Do I listen with open minds to everyone's point of view? And this is really hard in a family meeting when I'm convinced I'm right and my kids are wrong. <laughs> but just sitting there and, um, you know, and just hearing them out. And he, even though I think they're wrong, listening to them and listening, trying to listen with an open mind and try to think about it from their perspective. How may they look at this situation? I thought they were being disrespectful and blowing me up. And they said, well, no, mom, you know, I was doing my homework and I was trying to tell you that I need to do my homework and I didn't want to go do this chore for you. And anyway, it's, it's kind of hard to, um, I've got funny stories that I could tell, but we have, we have a limited amount of time and it would, it would involve taking the inventory, although they need it. Um, so I won't, I won't go into some of the stories, but you know, it's, it's really listening with an open mind to everyone's point of view, even if I don't agree with it. Um, you know, uh, do I ever put pressure on a group to accept the ideas of certain individuals simply because they're the experts or have been around for a long time? We see this in program, you know, sometimes we put long timers or people that are, uh, maybe they're in, they're popular in daily life or whatever. Maybe they're a member of, of the media someplace. It's really easy to put people up as gurus. I know I did that with my first sponsor. And, oh, when they fall, you know, they fall hard and it's crushing, you know, but you know, one of the things I look at is, is I try to get, get the temperature of the group because newcomers to my work group may have great ideas that I haven't heard of. It doesn't always have to be because we've done it this way or because I've been around a long time, we're gonna do it my way. You know, that's not the way to build unity. Um, you know, another one of the questions is, do I argue my point to feel like I have to save face and do group discussions or can I go along and you know, good spirit with a group conscience, even when I differ with it in the beginning. You know, sometimes in, in meetings at work, you know, we all, we all, you know, give our opinion. And then there are times when my manager decides he's going to do something. And I think it's the most dumbass decision in the world. And I get to sit there and smile and say, okay, I'll support you hundred percent. And I keep my mouth shut. That is hard. But you know, when he's listened to everybody and there's an informed group conscience, or when he's looked, he knows a lot of what's going on behind the scenes, not necessarily what I may not be privy to it and he makes the ultimate decision. And so rather than gossiping or criticizing or um, you know, undermining, I just say, okay, that's what he wants. It's a boss, I may not agree with it. I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, you know, another thing, this is a big one. Number five, do I criticize others in my family or my work or my relationships or do I support their efforts? The dishes, who has battles with their family doing the dishes? This is something my husband and I go get him to get, let me take his inventory just a little bit. You know, it's like he'll, he gets mad because no one does the dishes. And so if I'm doing the dishes, I'm doing the dishes and I'm, and then he'll come in and he'll, he'll tell me how I'm doing it wrong and what I need to do it differently. And then I just back off. It's like, okay, you can do the dishes. And so we had a talk about this a little bit ago. I said, you know, you can, you can ask someone to do something for you, but then you can't tell them step-by-step step how to do it because you're going to push people away. And that's what I try when my kids are doing the dishes. I let them do the dishes. I may need to go back and fix it. But if I'm going to ask them to do something, I need to give them, I need to have trust and allow them to do it their way. And not, you know, because if I'm going in and I'm criticizing, pick, 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 number one, it doesn't build unity. Number two, nobody wants to do something that they're going to be constantly criticized about. We had a little discussion, family meeting about that yesterday. <laughs> 
because, you know, it's like, honey, if you want other people to do work with you and do what you want, <laughs> you pick at them, they're not going to do it anymore. So it criticism brings disunity. You have to be very careful how you do it. So, um, you know, by supporting their efforts, by catching when they're doing something good. Wow, you know, I told my oldest daughter, wow, Jordan, great job. You did the dishes without even being asked. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. She just beams and then she is motivated to do it again. You know, but if I went in and told her what she was doing wrong or, you know, and everything she did wrong, she's not, she gonna want to do the dishes for me? Hell no. So that's an example of, uh, you know, using these questions in the back of the book. Um, many of us come to OA with years of experience trying to operate our families, our friendships, our work relationships by power or manipulation. We've been amazed how well the second tradition works in OA by what happens when we become willing simply to serve the group and let our higher power govern through our, our group conscience. We find that most people are willing to cooperate cheerfully with decisions that they help to make. Instead of arguing, sulking, nagging, or commanding, we learn in a way to state our needs and desires in an adult way and to let others tell us theirs, expressing our willingness to go along with any decision which takes everyone's needs into account. Anger and bitterness are often replaced by harmony and peace when we treat each person as important and really listen to what everyone has to say. When this happens, a loving God's will is, expressed, is expressing itself through us and through our OA groups and our family and work. This is from page 104 and 105, the OA 12 and 12. You know, then I have some, you know, who is the head of OA and the family, page 99. How decisions are made, page 100. Note that group conscience is not the same as majority rules. Nine miracle words that really help with, with, with uh, relationships in the family. These nine miracle words are, I'm sorry, I was wrong, would you forgive me? And we use this a lot in our family and it really does help. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Tana. One of the things that I have found with um, step two and tradition two is um, that's those spiritual principles are so tied together, hope and trust. Step two, of course, is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. I always like to tell the story that um, when I started um, in OA back in the Kansas City area years ago, I was at an OA meeting and one of the um, women there was a truthfully a school marm. She'd been, um, God, teaching for 40, 50 years. And she got up to read the step and she said, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could reduce us to sanity. And I laughed about that because, oh my God, being reduced to sanity, you know, that was pretty much an honest statement because in order for anything to be fixed, it sometimes has to be reduced. The, and the second tradition is, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. And I want you to look at a couple of things. It says, we have, we come to believe that a power greater than ourselves will restore us to sanity. And, you know, sanity, uh, Sanity comes from the word sanus, which means soundness of mind. Um, and for, for our group purpose, that there is one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
when we become sane, we, we, we begin to get trust. And here is my acronym for hope. Hope is very simple. Hope for me, that four letter word, hope, honesty and humility. O, open-mindedness. P, persistence, prayer, and patience. E, experience, enthusiasm, and energy. I'll go through those one more time. H, honesty and humility. O, open-mindedness. P, persistence, prayer, and patience. E, experience, enthusiasm, and energy. And look at that, what it really does. And because trust, I've got an acronym for trust too. And I really like that. To really understand steps two, three, and 12. Or traditions two, three, and 12. See, I really believe that trust and hope are so taught tied together and in and that question that I have in in what ways have you become a more sane trusted servant in your personal relationships at home work OA social life due to the hope you have received and the trust you have earned by working step two and tradition two see one of the things that I really do believe that that um we are trusted servants, not only in OA, but in any other organization we're a member of or uh, that we participate in. We are, we are a trusted servant with our family, uh, our spouse, and most important, ladies and gentlemen, we are um, a trusted servant to ourselves. That's one of the most difficult things that most of us come to grips with. You know, um, there are certain things that I do is, I don't trust myself with a lot of stuff. And so what I'll do is like commitments, commitments can sometimes be really dicey. And I think that this is, this is, um, this is kind of the commitment, one of the commitment steps and traditions. We make a commitment to come to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And I also have to learn that as a trusted servant, I'm not here to boss people around and govern them, telling them what to do and all that stuff. My job is to, to find out what I need to do to become a positive um, individual in sharing my strength, hope, and experience in whatever and not tell people what to do and how to do it. I love that story with the, with the kids and the dishes because how many of us have worked or, or been with family members who all they ever did was gritch and, and moan, <coughs> excuse me, and just harp and we never wanted to do anything with them again. Here, because of hope and trust, we can walk past that and, and <clears throat> excuse me and be able to be individuals 
who have who have an understanding because we've been around for a while we have an understanding of how to work how to work this and how to live it how am i living step 2 how am i living tradition 2 is is um am i really willing to live that tradition where it says um as may be expressed in our group conscience. So there's some stuff that comes down at work. Are we really willing to do that? And are we willing to give it a shot or are we just gonna harp and complain about it? And then, and then our sanity, here's how it works. When we don't hear stuff and we're told what to do, I don't know about you, but my sanity goes out the window because I, I wanna be in charge. I wanna be in charge. I wanna tell people what to do. And no, 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 no. You know, I have learned through my years in this program by attempting to live the steps and the traditions that, as Tana said earlier, there is a God and it ain't me. But I've also learned that there are certain people who, even though they drive me nuts, may say the very, very thing that I need to hear. That is being restored to sanity. You know, one of my favorite, my favorite lines is, and I know that it comes later for something, another step in tradition, but my thing is, let me help you with your inventory. God knows you need it. You know, that's always been one of my favorite thoughts. Now I've never said it because you see, one of the things that I have learned is I was reduced because I was insane with the food. Remember me telling you about all of the stuff that I did, that crazy stuff with the food? And I came to trust in you all because through your group conscience, you helped me understand what I needed to do to get well. I I came in this program when there were two food sheets at the time, gray and orange sheet. And People who followed one, followed one or the other did not trust the other. And I didn't see how, how the world, um, and it just drove me insane because nobody trusted anybody to do this. People were telling people what to do. And by God's grace, it's not that way. We've kind of leveled up. I always used to say, we went from gray sheet to um or gray sheet and orange sheet to bullsh- uh, to blue sheet. And I always called it a bunch of blue sheet and um, bull sheet. And here it is, folks. We're here not to deal with the food, but to deal with what drives us to the food. And um, that's, that's gonna wrap it up pretty much for this evening. We've got a, about a minute, about a minute and a half left. But I just 